1: Hello folks and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of our two free weekly pods from the guys behind Heart and Hand and two of the finest people from behind Heart and Hand are joining me, David Edgar, today. First up, my lovely friend, Mr Alex Staff. Hiya, David. And my other lovely friend, Mr Cameron Bell.
0: Hello boys, how are you?
1: Not too bad, not too bad. Now, obviously on Extra, we cover what we've missed since the last pod, and there was a game this week, and preview the game ahead. So we'll start off Tuesday evening, when Rangers went to Potaudry to take on Aberdeen. And Alex, uh, I thought we started terrifically. I really did. I mean, genuinely, I enjoyed watching the football in the opening ten minutes. It was fast, it was incisive, it was one touch. And we were pulling Aberdeen all over the park. Only fashioned the one chance with a lovely move But still, Aberdeen were having to work really hard Just to keep us out And then it changes Yeah, one goal And
2: as we've seen too often this season The team kind of panics a little bit uh, And had that happened in the second half You know, if it was no one at that half-time And that had happened in the second half We'd have lost that game mm. But luckily we were able to get a in at half-time And kind of refocus uh horrendous refereeing decision, obviously. Same referee that shafted us against Motherwell in the semi final. I think there was a bit of a, a hangover from that from the players as well when they lost their discipline. Um, yeah, first 10 minutes was excellent, actually. Uh,
1: really, really nice stuff. Some of the best football we've played our season.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just
1: a shame it only lasted 10 minutes. Exactly, yeah, it was like a glimpse. Uh, of something, you know, far beyond but That offers more promise But, right, Cammy Alex uh, I'm going to come back to in a minute Because Alex has generally been Probably the least annoyed but or, or handled Refereeing this season better Than the rest of us But that's a fucking scandalous decision You're a refereeing expert
0: Justify it, go on I dare you, and you can't No, I can't And, um it's not just the don't get wrong the decision for the penalty is bad enough but um, we've spoken before in the pod and and it's one of the things since going through my qualifications and stuff and you look at the game differently but it's the management of the game and I'm I'm kind of in two minds as to what was worse the decision for the penalty or his inability to manage the game and you saw I mean, was card happy was probably the best term that I could use to describe McLean's performance in that at the start of the game. Uh, And then I think it wasn't until at least half an hour in. The second half, he then produced the first card of the second half uh, because he probably realised, Christ, I'm running out of space in my book here.
2: Um,
0: So many yellows he was producing. His position for the penalty um, is poor because typically you want to ideally stand in a corner so you can have the goal kick over your over your in that scenario it would be over your left shoulder so you are watching and to a certain extent you're facing your linesman in that direction so that basically you've got enough of the 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 18 yard box covered. Um, looking at it from different angles, I've seen people and let's call them Rangers haters trying to justify protect the the, the referee's decision because of it looks like McLean's get to the ball first and, and Morelos gets there second, it's wrong and had McLean been facing the, the challenge from the other side he would have quite clearly I've seen Morelos getting there to, to the ball first
1: I didn't get that argument and you're right by people who don't like us particularly well they say yeah but from various angles it looked like a penalty, not the fucking one he was at it didn't and uh, Alex, Morelos is wearing bright luminous boots it's quite clear who gets to the ball first, McLean another thing i always look for is a player's reaction mclean is on the way down and he's turning and looking for the referee because that's all he's doing with that particular uh, a passage of play he's just chucked himself in and it was a ludicrous i mean i, I keep going back to that word because it's just unjustifiable it was yeah uh, kenny mclean was the guy refereeing in the game not stephen
2: mclean <laughs> well the various incidents in the game he fucking suplexed Alfredo Morelos at one point point didn't even get a booking for it. He then cried for a foul that the referee wasn't gonna give and got the foul. He had various fouls, never got booked once. One of there was ten bookings in the game. Kenny McLean was involved in most incidents and wasn't one of the players booked. He was a guy refereeing the game. It was back to it was a throwback to the old days of Willie Miller and Alex McLeish yeah, at Aberdeen. Yes. When everybody would just accuse Willie Miller of refereeing a game. It was exactly like that. Um, and yeah I, I try to be a bit more rational I don't mean that as a dig at anybody But I try my best to look at an instant In real time And what my initial reaction is and, and replays can sometimes you know, turn that around But even in real time I couldn't understand it The David Bates booking Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous decision There was various as I say moments Where he just went with the, the shouts of the Aberdeen players They consistently surrounded him with every decision that we got, the one or two times that we did that to him, Doran's gets booked. Mm. No, not one of their players get booked for that. And then, I think the worst decision in a lot, which actually went in their favour somehow, that tackle by Sean Goss just before half-time, was that, that was wild. Yeah, but it's a, that com- was absolutely
1: wild. Now yeah, he gave that yeah, after not giving us Exactly, a yeah, that's a compound mistake. And, yeah. it's because he should have given a foul in the first place, doesn't. Goss, you're right, and look, unprofessional, completely loses his temper, I think just utterly sickened by every single decision going the wrong way and absolutely clatters the guy and it it was a definite yellow and he doesn't give that that speaks to your point Cammy and you're spot on that the game which in the first 10 minutes for an Aberdeen Rangers game was reasonably quite calm, first 13 minutes you may say especially for one with something riding on it it was quite you know, it was football. It was a football match. It wasn't a war. It degenerates for at least the rest of that half because the referee has completely lost control. Uh, he's made a terrible decision, and then in the five minute, the key minutes after it, where he really needs to sit on it, he just completely loses it and makes bad decision on bad on top of bad decision. Clearly irritates the players and doesn't doesn't referee even handedly. I think Alex's point about One reaction when he gets surrounded by Rangers players to another reaction when he's surrounded by Aberdeen players is is very telling. And I think that he not only lost control of the game, but played a major part in sending it spiralling down the plug hole.
0: I don't think he... Yes, I don't think he sends Goss off because of the penalty, because I think he realises it's fucked up at some point. And um, I I think the, the, the Goss tackle was... Like one of these tackle and we've seen we've seen them boot in games before, right? And you can tell that it's coming. And what I mean by that is that there's been a couple of niggly challenges. And it it's really kinda hit the border of being a foul. Hasn't quite stepped over the line and play has continued, then another one comes in. And then another one comes in, and then eventually at some point somebody just smashes someone and then that stops play. And I think Gossy's one was was a more prolonged Example of that, where I think he felt that he should have got it in the first uh, uh, when he first going gonna came on. He saw a, a, a tackle another player, which which I, I forget who I, I think it might have been Holt, um, who himself also committed. What could potentially it could have been a red card challenge himself, Jason Holt. But even at that stage, it, it's getting it's it's getting too wound up, too wound up, and then it just it ends with some, with with Goskin and, and and cementing the player. And I don't think. I think it would have been incredibly hard for us to sit on this pod to justify him not getting a red card for that had one been shown um, but again we're, we're not interested, this is 2018 we're not interested in the fucking 70s type football, the players clacking each other and punching each other it's not It's not what we're wanting to see and actually Scottish football is far far better than that and it was actually better than what should have been quite a good game um, on Tuesday night, it, it, it's second v third, there's a lot in the line I think we did come out to play football with that and I think that the referees um inability to control the players and to manage the game effectively um had had too much bearing on it becoming into a bit of a shit show if I'm honest.
1: No, I think you're totally right there. Now we do like to try and be as balanced as we can on here within within reasonable uh what's the word, partisan partisan limits, but that doesn't excuse for me as awful as the referee was it doesn't excuse for me Rangers' utter mental collapse in that last half hour because of the first half because they completely lost their head, not even in a productive way. It was stupid fouls. It was kicking in front of a referee who you know is unlikely to, to give anything your way. And I did understand the frustration. I was in a blind rage for 20 minutes after the, after the penalty because it was such a shocking decision. But they didn't channel their energy positively Alex and that's all Aberdeen have Aberdeen are a long ball physical match up everybody else and hey it works for them against every team that aren't the old firm so fair play to them in that regard but that's all they have and that game suited them down to the ground because it was just niggly it was very very much a fractured football match there wasn't any quality pieces of play And it suited them far more than it suited us. And we fell into the trap, I thought. And yes, the referee's given them a big hand, but that didn't excuse for me what was then a really foolish performance from the Rangers players because it was exactly what the opposition wanted them to do.
2: Yeah, dragged themselves into the sort of match that if if they were given the choice before the game, that's how they'd have wanted us to play. Uh, Yeah, absolutely, I think you need your experienced players to step up there and that was what we lacked in the first half. Dorrance had to go off who I thought started the game really brightly, personally. Um, I was kind of looking to him to to kind of settle us down again. That was who I thought was going to be the guy to do that. Uh, Russell Martin, I think we we all know is is struggling regardless. Um, Tavernier, as captain, you would look to him to try and have a word to people but I think he would maybe kind of lost the head slightly as well, uh, in truth. Uh, those were the guys that you were kind of looking at, Jamie Murphy to some extent, who could you know the first half kind of passed him by. Uh, those were the players you were looking at to try and get a hold of people and say, just calm the fuck down and get back to playing football here. Uh, and as I say, it was lucky, that, you know, this was the, the kind of first half of this happened and they were able to get the boys back in and somebody has is, is, is kind of refocused them because the second half was obviously a hell of a lot better. Uh, but it's rather telling, that and i know we're coming on to it uh, it's rather telling that the two players in my opinion who turned it around are two of the younger guys in the squad um which which does make you wonder just just what's going on is it just an ability thing or, or is there something you know as is a, is a lack of confidence hurting our experienced players more than anybody else uh i'd be curious to know what people think on that i think
1: there's People are going into the match on a bit of a shorter temper because they're frustrated at their own performances, at the way things are going, probably at the stick they've been getting because nobody likes that, even if it's justified. So I think you're right. I think that they go into the match ready to pop and then something like that did utterly pop them. And look, we do try to, as I say, be balanced, mainly for that guy. Somebody sent me from a Reddit thing, which is not a platform I use, I must admit, about a guy who apparently... Um, doesn't like our show because all we do is complain about referees uh, and try to be funny, which is sort of, yep, that's yes. kind of what we've got. But but brilliantly at the bottom of it said he subscribes to the Patreon site, so he pays extra to listen to a podcast he doesn't actually seem to like. But we do try to balance it out, and when we have a go at referees, it's because we feel it's justified. Um, it doesn't, as we say, excuse the performance that we then got for the rest of the half now. Cammy, I think Alex is absolutely spot on there when he says the two players that turn it round for us are Ross McCrory with an inspirational performance from midfield and Jason Cummings probably more positionally and adding an extra dimension to play rather than having a scintillating performance but we were a lot better second half and again in dress of balance, I've just did a right go at them for that first half, I thought second half, there wasn't a lot of quality uh, and you saw that in the last third repeatedly, however by sheer grit and determination, they took the game completely away from Aberdeen. I don't think Jack Anik has touched the ball in the second half. And they have, even though they weren't playing well, grafted their way to a point. And they do deserve a bit of credit for that, in my opinion.
0: They do, but then I would also uh, throw into that mix uh, Morelos as well, who um, cuts a frustrated figure at times. Um, but he had to do a lot of the physical work, I feel, on Tuesday night. Um, it's it's difficult to, to be able to... It's it's, it's interesting because if you look at sometimes the mistakes these players make versus what you know that they're capable of producing, it, you can almost apply that to any position in the park. So I'll give you an example of that. So McCrory in the first half gives away... Quite a, a, a map in my opinion quite a needless corner with a really poor touch which mm. I'm not really too sure is, I don't know if he gets his foot caught or something Hams, but you both know the one I'm talking yeah, about where he kind right. of takes Indirectly, a touch and goes out to that led to the chance corner. that led to the, the ghost
1: penalty yeah I know the one you mean but yeah. 13 minutes
0: but then equally at the same point he's 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 absolutely turned that around with some really good um, organisational play from the midfield in the second half I think he, he, he was really up for the fight I, I, get, I mean his goal shows that I mean he just wasn't willing to let that go if you think about that and this is probably more for Alex and Adam uh, and, and obviously the, the kind of set up shows that they do and stuff as well but um, McCrory has no right to even be in the box to win the header that he wins for the goal Um, but he's still there he's still battling Morelos exactly the same some of the chances and um, some of the chances that he scuffed uh in, in the build-up to the goal, there was one a great one in the first half, actually, um, where uh, Dorrance plays the ball back through to him, and it just opens his body up, and all he has to do is have a look at it, and it just wasn't a good take at all. He had another one in the second half, um, but his shot is the one that leads to the ball going up there for the McCrory header. Players, players, who I think are doing a lot of that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on Jason Cummings at the moment. Um, I don't think it's his fault I think that he played really well on Tuesday In parts But then I would apply that to the team uh, I think he needs a partner I think that he can't um, Hold the ball up Or play a lone striker role anywhere near as good as Morelos can um, I, 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 I know that you would said In previous pods Davey about you quite like this idea Of him kind of coming in from the flank I would probably agree with some of that um, But again like you say His courage and the fact that he was up for the fight uh, I think probably showed a lot of that diving determination that we saw
1: Alex, I wonder if mentality is something that you either have or you don't I really do, I wonder because you, you, you hit the nail on the head there it was two young guys and that's the way Ross McCrory and Jason Cummings play it's got nothing to do with circumstance really they they both with the exception of McCrory's you know, disastrous old fun game uh, in in the semi-final we will learn from that hopefully at his age he, he seems to have it but he's responded in the right way he wasn't fit then I think it was apparent and I do I wonder if it's you know nature versus nurture uh, can you install that mentality I'm sure players if they're surrounded by other guys who have it can rise to the challenge occasionally but in terms of the guys who can just deliver it maybe you either have it or you don't I think there's something in that yeah Um people who
2: I've debated this with people actually because obviously you know having studied some of the psychology stuff in the past there's a belief that sports psychologists can come in and instill this in people I I don't believe that's the case at all Um, they can get it out of people who have maybe lost it a bit if you think about individual sportsmen who've maybe lost that bit of confidence in themselves and they go away and suddenly they're able to find it Um, they can you know make a team a bit more of a a unit and stuff like that, but, but you're right, I think mentality is the hardest thing to say, and it's the hardest thing to find, and it's nigh on impossible to teach, really. Um, one of the best at, at Rangers in recent years, if you think about, what what was it now, 11 years ago Le Guin came in, something like that, wasn't it? Um, 12. 12. One of the first decisions he makes is to drop Nacho Novo, Novo's playing in the reserves um, And it looks like he's got no chance Of coming back in Within a couple of months He's starting games for the Guin in Europe and, and one of our main players And he kicked on from there uh, And that was all mentality He had every chance And potentially even a justification To take the huff You know, move on I believe in all back a move actually yep. At the time He, he could have just chopped it um, Phoned it in, taken his wages done whatever he liked but he was absolutely determined to get himself back into that team because he had that sort of mentality and he'd done exactly that some of our players don't see at the moment don't seem to have that if it's not working out for them they tend to just take the easy option mm. um, or that's how it feels anyway no, whereas yeah. if you look at somebody like a Ross McCrory's you know, I think it's pretty obvious at the moment he's one player who's absolutely up for any sort of fight you throw at him. Jason Cummings believes he should be playing football every set. He should be starting every game in his mind. And you know, when he gets the chance, and he, he was put on on Tuesday night out of a position, wide left, another frustration I'm sure for him. But he came in, he, he you know he worked hard. Individual quality wise, yeah, there was moments that weren't great for him, but he worked hard and doing that, he contributed to a much better team performance. Uh, Morelos, people talk about, you know, he takes a huff he comes out of games because of it. That, I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, he can be huffy and such like, but he walks his balls off in every game. And I thought personally he was man in a match on Tuesday. So you know, these are the guys young guys who have no real right, they've not got the experience, they've not got a huge pedigree behind them. Um, to be the guys that are somehow dragging this Rangers team up in performance at the moment. And that's you know, quite telling to their mentality
0: and their ability as well. The, 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 the add-on I would put into that, David, just before we can move on is: um, I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely certain I'm not the only Rangers fan who's asking where that mentality was against uh, Celtic in the last two games we've played them.
1: It's not there at all. They don't have it. They are shite scared and, of Celtic. I, I, that's back to my I, I point from the other week, Cammy. That I, I think that you have to ditch quite a lot of them because there's too much scar tissue against Celtic for them, and I don't. I don't think they're. Repairable. Um, going back to Alex's point about a sports psychologist, I think there's just too much damage done now, and that psychologically, in much the way as it was for us Celtic against uh, against Tommy Burns Celtic, there's just too much psychological baggage there. I don't believe that a number of those players will ever be able to turn it on against Celtic because they don't believe they can.
0: No, and listen, I I, I I get that, and I think that I mean we've seen evidence of it, but to come back to um... The, the, the kind of point that we're driving home and we're saying well um, your challenge when um, you go a goal down and then you go a bit fucking stroppy and he said, well do you know what I'm not having this well they had fucking plenty of chances to do that against Celtic and not a single one of them came out to do it so I, I think that mentality could actually be a very very useful tool if it's channeled in the right way um, I think against Aberdeen it wasn't I think it was completely non-existent and. Either the league or our semi-final games against Celtic. Um, so I think to a certain extent these players need to probably think about if that is going to be a tool in our arsenal. How do we how do we utilise it more often and better? Because we we need to we, we need to be able to try and turn some of that on. So it works for us when it absolutely has to. Um, and some of the most successful Rangers teams in the past have have been able to use that in the right way player, we won't allow teams to come and press us off the ball, we won't lose physical battles we just can't go over the top which I think we saw a bit of in, in Aberdeen on Tuesday.
1: Alex, Morelos to to come back to him just before we move off this game he drives me nuts sometimes so I do get what people are saying about him because he does drive me nuts with the erratic finishing, I, I can't help it You know, when I see a striker miss a chance that, that could have led to an important goal, it does drive me nuts but I can see that he works incredibly hard. His physical play's excellent. The other night, as you say, he was involved and he just kept going. And certain other players didn't, but he did. And it doesn't help that he does walk about with a face like a slapped arse at times. and, And that annoys me, but I think that that's just his face. But I think watching it the other night, it made me wonder if perhaps it's now a question of your individual striking taste when it comes to, to forwards. And there are some who like the battling all-round centre-half, maybe not the most prolific, but works his nuts off, always contributes, you know, sets up chances for others, etc. Et and then there are others who just like their strikers who score goals. They like a guy who puts the ball in the net, they're, they're not too bothered if it means that 88 out of 90 minutes, they're not doing anything if for two minutes they're scoring or testing the keeper. And some strikers, the best strikers are both, obviously, but way out of our price range. And some strikers fit into either category. And I wonder now if it's just a case that some people who prefer their strikers to be deadly finishers above anything else just think, nah, he's not for me because he's not that. Whereas there's others who won't hear a word against him because... He's very much in mould number one He's very much a guy Who you can play up front As we did the other night Against four guys And he'll battle away And never give up So I wonder how much of it Is due to Morelos' form Morelos the individual Or just personal preference When it comes to What type of player you like Yeah personal preference Is definitely a big part of it I'm very aware of that myself I tend to
2: judge strikers Not on goals scored But on their contribution When they're not scoring goals uh, You know as a team Still functioning well are they still a a major part of of the play when they're not scoring goals and I believe Morelos is very
1: good at that You must have fucking hated Boyd
2: Yes, I did (laughs) I I, I did not like this Boyd overall and I think it's rather telling that someone with his goal record struggled to get games in bigger matches Jesus, there was a game where Philip Sebo got picked ahead of him against Celtic you know, going to Parkhead because Walter Smith had... Zero faith in Chris Boyd's ability to be part of the team if he wasn't scoring goals. Uh, you know that's if you're getting dropped for Sibo, Bob Great, That's you know a guy who literally couldn't score. That's a pretty worrying sign. But you know I wasn't a big fan of Boyd before that, and I do appreciate his goals, and I do appreciate that. That's just my view of a striker as compared to others. I absolutely get that. For me, I think where we where we can be somewhat or we, what we're still adjusting to is range of signs. In my opinion and this applies to quite a few players, is that we are better players at the moment are now works in progress rather than finished articles. Uh, Morelos is definitely one of our better players. We are a weaker team when he doesn't play. But he's not a finished article. He's still a work in progress. And what I see from him suggests to me that this guy's going to go on and have a very good career because managers now like strikers who, okay, he's not going to score every game, but he's going to contribute every game gonna do something, he's gonna to... there's no defender on that we can bully Morelos. Um but if you watch Jason Cummings for example in the last game against Celtic, I slapped him about. I mean it was just it was like going in against an under twelve player and just winning the ball off him and such like Morelos never allows any defender an easy game. Never happens. So you know I, I quite like those attributes in a forward and I'll take you know goals not, not quite as a bonus but you know, I look at goals overall and as a team we've scored a lot of them this season, a lot more than we did last season. He's been a big part of that and that's great to me. But I do understand you're right. I think there is just for some people, it's all about the chances that a striker misses. I, I, I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. It's just not what I look at personally, which is probably why I fall more on the you know defending Mirellos side. Cami, I'm not sure about yourself actually. Are you more of a
1: kind of strikers equals goals type guy? He's a Chris he's a uh, sorry a uh... Kyle Lafferty type strikers guy. That's Cammy's default setting on strikers. What they should be.
0: Yep, um, can score goals, can create space. Um, I think. Can your your problem? Can, your, lead the, your problem is, can lead
1: the district in ten German bombers. That's what that's what Cammy <laughs> wants from a striker. Correct,
0: absolutely correct. Um, I think I think your issue though is that when you talk about. I, I think that you, if you put Morelos and Cummings together, you would potentially make a Chris Boyd-type striker. Um, and what I mean by that is someone who can work a bit of space, won't allow defenders to bully him, um, but a chance falls to him within six yards, and you just know it's a finish. And that, for me, is probably where Morelos' biggest problem is. I think he gets frustrated, not necessarily because he's not scoring goals, it's because he's not finishing chances which I know, which which he believes that he should be finishing, which should be relatively bread and butter um, I don't know if the, the the 3-2 Celtic game, that miss still haunts him, but that wasn't his only miss of the season uh, which has been so easy to convert um, you, guys like Chris Boyd finished them without a second thought, I mean there is no there is no dubiety about it whatsoever still Kenny Miller, on the <laughs> other hand will Run 10 kilometres a game, but you know, I'm still not convinced that he is easy, he can convert easy chances. I think your problem is, though, that strikers, by and large, the best strikers are greedy, they want goals, they want to be held to that standard. Um, and with the best ball in the world, if you are getting the shit knocked out of you because you are up against four defenders, then you want something. To look back on to say, well, yeah, I, I, I might have set up a goal, but actually, I scored, you know, two, and I've, I've, you know, I've got my name in lights somewhere. That's what a lot of strikers will feed off. So it's really difficult to be able to say. loss would feel satisfied about just creating space for other people to come in to score.
1: Now, I think I know the answer to this already. Before I ask you both, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think it'll be quite entertaining to listen to the fallout from it. The other night, Wednesday night, Hearts played Hibs and Hibs lost by two goals to one, which meant that they can't finish any higher than fourth, which led to an epic Neil Levin meltdown, didn't it? I mean, a classic Neil Le- First of all, he walked off taunting the Hearts fans about an achievement of another team, which they haven't even achieved, and who aren't their direct rivals, so... Hmm. Uh, then he goes into a press conference and threatens to quit. Uh, it, it was fun. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. But I thought it was fucking hilarious. He's um, he's always good entertainment when his team loses. Let's be honest. It's magic. It was so much fun. But the star man in the game, which I watched, and I'll have to concede this before uh, Cami, I hope you've got your lotion and your andrex ready. Uh, I'll <laughs> have to concede was Kyle Lafferty, who was really was terrific, and he did all the things that. Cammy listed there, worked his nuts off Intelligent use of the ball His game sense Was exceptional In terms of the amount of times he got Hearts out of trouble or got them 60 yards Out of the field Um, He just had another superb game And another great goal Would you And we'll start with Alex Would you be interested in seeing him Return to Ibrox this summer? No That's definitive, Cameron Again, I think I might know the answer to this. How would you feel about Kyle Lafferty pitching up at Ibrox this summer? I don't so
0: I think I would I would take Lafferty back only in certain conditions.
1: You would take Lafferty back if you had to give him a fucking backy from Edinburgh. No, 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 no,
0: David, let's no, let's be sensible and pragmatic about this. I would take Lafferty back only in the proviso that we Build the entire team around him and rename the Copeland after him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, it's not headline news. Kyle Lafferty loves the end of the season. All right, he does. This is, his, this is his absolute... You know, he always comes good towards the tail end of the season. Um, so no, I don't want him back old Ibrox. All joking aside, let's be totally serious. Um, if he was to come back as a squad player and do the, the stupid Stephen Naismith offer of... Yeah, I'll come back for free because someone else will be paying our wages. I why not? Of course, I'd take a punt on, but no, I wouldn't bring him back. He, um, he 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 is always and always will be too erratic throughout the course of the season. He he just he just finishes well. That's what he does. He just finishes the season well and closes out. It's why he's won so many leagues for Rangers single-handedly. I might add. Mm. Um, but he always does it. He always does it, and I think um, what's great about him because I. I, I no one, no one can question where his allegiances lie. He absolutely loves winding up Celtic. He loves winding up Neil Lennon. Um, I can absolutely guarantee you that Lennon was probably thinking to himself on Tuesday night before the game, um, Jesus, I hope he doesn't score against us tomorrow. And the only thing that would make that worse would be that bastard Naismith <laughs> scoring against us tomorrow. And look what happened somebody
1: said so, to me is that him forgiven does it fuck
0: <laughs> well the, 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 be, the best thing about, listen Alex is totally right we love see Lennon in full on ranty mode after he's just been pumped everyone loves that Neil Lennon because I, 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 I think you ranged yesterday from uh, taunting the hearts fans about being 40 points in front of them by the way Neil just because I know you'll probably listen to this See when you close your fingers and do that it is it is like 10 5 15 whatever it, it, 10 points just hold your fingers up um he talked about his players footwear um and then i think he tried to resign from his own job he did yeah so yeah i um i think Neil i think Neil just needs to calm down his reactions a little bit but um i think we all know the danger he gets into when he gets a wee bit hit up and says things that he shouldn't let's put it like that
1: i wonder if he wakes up the next morning much as i used to do after a bender and i used to like look, my ex-wife i used to reach round for her hand in the bed and if she, and I'd squeeze it and if she squeezed it back i'd been all right and if she hit it I and mean, went get to i was like oh no <laughs> what have i done and i wonder if lennon woke up and went i'm quitting fuck uh, but not not our concern. Now it does mean that this Sunday, when we travel to um, Fester Road for this match, that they can't overtake us. But I suspect Alex, that's not going to make them any less likely to go out and give it everything they've got. We should be absolutely clear here. They could overtake us if they
2: beat us by six goals.
1: I'm hoping um... even I'm hoping even we can. I can't Bantam have that, that yeah. uh, yes. I am completely If,
0: Hibs, by the if Hibs beat us By six goals On Sunday I'm giving up Show business
2: <laughs> I can't see it either Guys And um, I can see he's losing To Hibs uh, You know In an away game Where um, they, You know They've been They've had their number All season And the, the one game That we won against them We certainly carried A bit of luck that night So You know I can certainly see he's losing But we're not going to lose The game by six goals I think that's pretty clear um, Hell Hell Jesus, if we thought there was even a chance it We'd just get a few players sent off And get the game abandoned mm, take, um, the three, yeah. take the 3-0 defeat uh, No um, so, so yes, it's it became a largely Meaningless game, they're going to come in and have a real goal Because, you know They owe it to they, they would have done it anyway, but they owe it to their fans To try and make a You know, a fist at winning by six I'm hopeful that we uh, We're missing a couple, I mean we're missing Morelos and McCrory We've just spoken about how vital they wear it against Aberdeen? But I'm kind of hopeful we, we uh, make a nice bit of a battle of it, get a positive result, finish the season on some sort of positive note, because I think uh, you guys join me in just wanting this one over and done with, and uh, let's get
1: Stevie G in the door. Right, Absolutely, that's what happens when a new manager offers the promise of a brighter future, and especially before they really start work is the time that you get to project onto them your hopes and your dreams. And given the glamorous nature of the incoming team and how excited that's got us, then that is magnified uh, during this period. So yeah, these games do seem to be a bit of a kind of, I'll just get them out of the way. I must admit, I, I, I know this sounds really odd, but third, I don't like, but fourth terrified me. And obviously I won't second, but there is still that Rangers thing in me. Cami that says, if I know no first, second or third, I don't really care. I know I'm supposed to care about second or third. I know that. And I suppose I kind of do. And Hoggy, I can hear him in my ear going, means (laughs) we get two extra weeks off, means we get two extra... And he's right, and I get that. But fourth would have been appalling, especially because it lets Neil Lennon finish above us. But I still want us to win because, and I know that you and I disagree on this, I still don't think that Aberdeen will beat Celtic so even allowing for that Celtic might find it funny I still think that they'll get the win and that means if we get three points we'll do it. Against that Alex just nailed what I see as being a massive problem. Morelos and McCrory missing
0: I'm a bit concerned So listen I understand that Um, I will continue to state that I I do believe Aberdeen will beat Celtic on Sunday I think um, Rodgers already has his cup final team sorted out so there isn't really any positions to play for um, what's interesting though, from what both of you have said um, is how does Lennon motivate his players for it because if there was still so let's let's remove the 6-0 thing for a start right sorry no one at Hibs thinks that they're, they're going to beat us 6-0 but given how much he's just throwing them under the bus, and it's not the first time he's done it, but how much he's just thrown them under the bus, because he, he came out quite vehemently against his defenders for the, the, the goals that they conceded on uh, Wednesday night as well, and the, and the manner of which they conceded them. I don't know as to how he motivates them, because he can't move league position now, right? they won't, because right? they won't obviously score that many against us, so they could potentially move. Um, I don't know as to how he, how he gets them turned around, because if I was... There must be Hibs players in that dressing room who are looking at it going, what a fucking crackpot. He's actually, it's, you can see all these things being closed doors, and you can see it in the sanctuary of the dressing room and what have you. But you can't commit to these things in public. You just can't do it, and it's that's it's, that's the whole Neil Lennon circus, right? Our biggest problem, as you say, Davey, is who do we select, and and how do we focus on that? Forget about Hibs. Forget what they are you know. Could do to us and all the rest of it. I think we just have to treat this game as what everyone wants, which is the final ninety minutes of our season. Get this done. I, I don't. I don't know if there is a Stevie G effect yet, um, because I, I think even if a manager hadn't been announced, I still think that we the the, the, the departure of Motty has probably cleared a lot of the the toxicity that was in some of that that some of the dressing room. Um, But I do think we need to think about selection purposes. I don't know if that means Cummins up top and maybe Dockery behind them. Something of that nature. I don't know if Windass is going to be available for Sunday. I haven't really heard too much on that, if I'm honest. Um, I think all we can do is set up the team as best we possibly can. Go there. If we can fight against Aberdeen, we can fight against Hibs. That's my mentality. And I think that's what Nickel has to say to them. And go, look, they've done to play for... The dates for Europe aside, and Hoggy has mentioned that a lot, and I totally understand that he's making a great point when he says it. There's also, I think, something like a a half a million pound difference between finishing second and third. All that stuff, just go out and just finish it. I don't want it to be the case that I see in BBC reports and in in other mainstream media reports that Stephen Gerrard has to come in and get the team move from last season's uh, finishing position of third. I would like to say that at second, and uh, there's one spot above us that we have to attain that's it there's no more talk about finishing in the top two or any of that show. Alex
1: team wise what what would you do what do you think we'll do but what would you do
2: um, firstly I, and I'd like to point out guys that this was a, a comment made by Mr Cameron Bell um, who quite convincingly told me that there was more chance of Andrea Niesta playing for us again than Jordan Rosser so I'm looking forward to Ernest's debut Sunday <laughs> next to Rossiter As Rossiter comes in to replace McCrory um, I would um, imagine that Rossiter will come in I would personally go Rossiter uh, I, I want Dockery in the team as well uh, I don't know why he seems to have fallen out of favour But I'm not sure if that's going to be the case Dorans is going to be injured I severely doubt Windas is going to make it It does mean having to play Cummings up front Unless we throw in Eduardo Herrera for one final Swan song. Um, you know, he has has a win loss record when he plays, isn't too bad, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that'll be the, the team. I think you'll see something pretty similar to what we played, which does mean Russell Martin. I apologise to everybody for saying that, but uh, yeah, um, I think Ross will replace McCrory, Cummings will be up front. I would hope that Dockerty comes in in Doran's place, but I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, wide midweek, it's Goss who come off the bench for him. Uh, and, yeah, Cammy's right, it'll be a bit of a battle, but we just showed a bit of a battle against Aberdeen there. So so let's just bring it to Hibbs as well. There's no reason we can't. They will... It's not the first time Lennon's threw them under the bus, so I think they will be up for it. Um, he seems to get away with it with this group of players. You know, they've not really taken half with him at all. It was guys like Stokes who did, and he got rid of them. So, you know, that's not happened. So... I think they'll still be up for it, but uh, if we show the same mentality they do, yeah, look, if you're going into a game and all you need to avoid is a 6-0 defeat,
1: it's a bit of a strange game, isn't it? Mm, yes. um, that worries me, if I'm being honest, not that I think it'll be 6-0, but just, I wonder how they'll approach it, because, yeah, yeah. That, that does make me think that they might go, ah, the job's done, really knock off, but it's how much do they want to finish second, because yeah. it gives them, look, we all know that quite a few of them, not all of them, um, despite what some people might hope for, quite a few of them are going. And I'm sure they know that in their heart of hearts as well, that they are going. And it's whether or not they want to finish up and be able to point to a second-place finish, which would be an improvement on last season. Okay, not that it makes this season a good one, but you would be able to in future go, well, we finished third and then second the year I was there. You know, that kind of thing. If that motivates them, or if instead they are just... I'm out of here soon. I need to get this game out of the way.
0: I think so personally speaking I wouldn't risk Rossa. Um Alex is right, I did say that. I'm 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 still not sold that Jordan Rosser will make a consistent impact at Rangers. Um I'm 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 more than happy to be proven wrong on that. I wouldn't risk him against them at Easter Road because I don't trust uh, Hibs Hibbs not to come in and start hammer throwing. Um I think that we've got more options available than that. I'm not saying that Ross could not play some sort of part. So potentially we could give him a half an hour at the end or whatever. Once we've we've seen how the game has panned out, um, I think we just need to go and 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 then see what happens there. I'm still. I'm, I'm, I hate to sound so pessimistic, but I'm still of the belief that even if we beat Hibs, I still think Celtic will lose to Aberdeen. Um, but. Again, like I, I would rather that it was in our control and we finish the season well. Um, if Nicol approaches it in a way of like you know, you've got to think about what the new manager wants, how you can play a part of that, if you're going to have a future here, etc. That's what they then have to think about because there will be boys within that within that squad who will go, but there's, we're going to keep more than we're going to lose. And I think a lot of those players will will, will start on Sunday, so they need to think about how they approach that.
1: We word for Jimmy Nicol and Jonathan Johansson. Alex, because I think it's pretty apparent that they're going I think they know that they're going And they're turning up, they're doing their best And from a bleak situation at half-time the other night They did get a reaction
2: Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out Many Rangers fans that I know If they get back to their reaction And I understand it's an emotional one they get back to their reaction after the last game against Celtic they firmly believe we'd be lucky to take a point in these last three games. So we're on four now, chance, you know, to finish with seven points out of nine in three difficult last three matches, you know, that they've been in charge of with all the changes, with everything that's going on off the field with Gerard, um, off the field with, you know, some of our players, Marty LA, etc., etc. If they finish with taking seven points out of nine out of those three games, it's a pretty decent return. Jimmy Nichol has been making a big deal about the fact that, you know, Gerald's going to be watching this. I believe his phrase was he'll be um looking to to pick out the weeds from the flowers. Um somehow being a flower's better. I don't know why, but there you go. Um but uh, but yeah, he's he's really trying to impress upon this squad that like it's not me you're playing for now. It's yourselves, your future, and the next manager who's coming in before you know it. So it seems to have got something from them, as you said, even, I suppose even the reaction of going one nil down and starting to boot people has been more of a reaction <laughs> than we've had most of the season, isn't it? It is, it its I mean, yes. it's, it's almost like, yeah, we knew we were losing those games against Celtic where, where the game started, we could see it a mile away, you know, after five minutes, we're all looking at each other thinking, ah, fuck, but uh, if we just went and booted them, I think people would have been a wee bit happier with that. Yep. Um so so yeah, they've obviously Jimmy Nichol's obviously getting something from them. I think Johansson plays a big part. For example, I'm convinced well, I mean Nichols can you know, confirmed that it was his decision to play McCrory in midfield, that you know, it was Johansson who'd done that for him. But I'm also convinced Johansson's been the one that said play Cummings wide left so we can move Murphy inside. Um, given, you know, it was the other way around in the game before. So so yeah, they've they've made a bit of a difference. A bit of a shame. I, I would have liked to I think Jimmy Nichol you know, I'm not surprised. that You can move on and you can go and get an assistant manager's role somewhere else. I kind of like to have kept Johansson about. Um, he's worked with the youths as well a little bit. Uh, I think it's a bit of a shame if they both
1: just go. But it's a bit surprising. Of yeah, it's a bit surprising because they were very keen on retaining Jonathan Johansson when they were talking about it. And certainly, if McInnes was coming, he was staying, and that was a club-imposed condition. And they they really have high hopes for him and. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he wouldn't necessarily have to go into the inner circle. We could go with the youth team and maybe work in directly or with the with the manager for a bit to see if he they get on and if he rates them. But yeah, who knows? It could just be a case of now nah, we just want a completely a completely new blank canvas to work off. Okay, it's prediction time then, guys. Cameron,
0: I'm going to say four nil Rangers. Brave extremely
1: brave um, one each for me I'm going to go one each and I think one each with uh, a frenetic start from Hibs settling down and then maybe just you find that they end up playing out the last kind 10-15 of minutes and I also think a point will be enough incidentally for second so Time will tell, I've been wrong plenty of times before. Now, that is it for this week's Heart and Hand Extra, and that is actually it for the debut season of Heart and Hand Extra. So I hope you've enjoyed this at the start of the year. It seems a long time ago now, but that was when we first went to two shows per week and introduced the preview show. But obviously, with no games to cover, there's no need to preview them. Um, We will be back next season on Heart and Hand Extra. There are still a couple more Heart and Hands, regular uh, season Heart and Hands to come But this will be the last Heart and Hand Extra before we head Just time to say though that if you do want to hear more From us you just need to go to our Patreon site That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com Forward slash Heart and Hand And up will pop Usually three sometimes four and occasionally Even five ranger shows per day You need never listen to Radio Clyde again We've got you covered Thanks to our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles To my two guests this evening The wonderful Mr Cameron and James Bell
0: Thank you boys, thank
1: you The beautiful Mr Alex Staff Thank you gentlemen My name's David Edgar and I'll talk to you all again on Monday Till then, take care, bye <laughs>
0: Podcast Network.